Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, you have found us. The podcast about what people would do on their last day on Earth. Will they raid their local Nando's? Steal a Fiat Punto? Tell their boss how they really feel? Or maybe just have a jolly old time with their nan and a shepherd's pie? What would you nutters do with your last day on Earth? Last day on Earth. Last day on Earth. Last day on Earth. I was thinking off the back of um, one of the episodes of La Pod. Um, with good old Megan Clayton about the sun is a very small star, not a big star, I had to think because who knows what the truth is anymore. And I wanted to go on some other things because I was like, well, actually, what are the known knowns and what are the known unknowns? What are the unknown knowns and the unknown knowns? Do you get what I mean? I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Mandela effect. I don't know. Do you know what the Mandela effect is? No. I feel like I've heard about it, but I don't. I don't know it to be able to recite it. It's the idea that it it's kind of like general knowledge that something has happened, but in reality it hasn't happened. So it comes from when Nelson Mandela died. Like a lot of people were already like, Nelson Mandela died. I thought he died like years ago. Oh yeah. And that's kind of like where the... My mum feels the same way about Heather Smalls from M People. But she's still not dead. My mum also thinks that she's 80 and every now and then I have to Google it and tell her that she's not. I understood about three words from what you just said. <laughs> what? Biggie Smalls. Summer. Heather Smalls? I don't know who that is. Do you know M People? M People? M that, people. They were that, like a 90s band. What have you done today to make oh, her feel? Yeah, 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 my mom has this yeah. thing where for the past like 15 years, she's convinced that Heather Small is dead. Uh, right. My mom is also convinced that she has been pulling her pension for the past 40 years. And I don't know why, but she'll come up in conversation, whether it's one of their songs on an advert or something else. And my yeah. mom's like, oh, it's so sad that she's dead. And I'm like, she's not. And she's like, but she's really old. And I'm like, she's not. I mean, she's definitely 56 years old. But my mom will, honestly, for the past 15 years, my mom's been saying that she's like 80. <laughs> and she's only just 56. Moving on, I'm moving on, I'm. <laughs> yeah, okay. See? Time to break free. You're actually doing a really good impression of her. Like. That's a... the The first song that you sang. You're welcome. Right? What have you done today mm-hmm. to make you feel proud? That song was played at my leavers in primary school yeah yeah and everyone was crying because of the beautiful moment (laughs) and heather smalls was in the background um there are a couple of things where i'm like let's see if this is a thing that you know or that anyone knew slash knows um yeah fortune cookies you get given them at the chinese restaurant they're not chinese indeed they are not chinese Aren't they like Polish or something? I don't know the actual origin, but apparently they were brought to, brought, not bought, to America by the Japanese. But there's just like a factory in the States that is just fully pumping them out, like makes tons of them. And they have like the most like 
minute link to any form of Asian culture. I've always felt really sad for like Chinese people that go to different countries and like <laughs> Anglinize or Americanize their food. Mate. Because like Chinese food as we know it is nothing like the real Chinese food. Same as Indian food. Like exactly. Indian yeah, 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 food yeah, yeah. is fire and then we're just like, oh, we need a buttery sauce. Yeah. We really don't. Mexican food is the same. Like yeah. every single food is just bastardized by the white man. Like, I'm sorry, but it's true. <laughs> I and mean, sold for profit. This is true. It's and the so thing is bad. It's one of the reasons why there's the ongoing joke about the lack of seasoning in white people's food. Because well, all wait, of wait, the wait, cultures... Wait. White English people food, please. Fair. Whatever. Spanish people know how to season their food. Thank you very much. Fair. If I was to ask you one thing that you knew about Buddha, okay, two things, what would you yeah. say? So, didn't Buddha, like, he killed his wife and then he went, because he felt so bad and so guilty, he started meditating and meditated so hard that he got to nirvana and he reached a state of nirvana which is a state of no worries and no cares hakuna matata hakuna nirvana <laughs> am i on the right tracks i mean i feel like you're talking about a buddha but what i'm actually was asking about was just like buddha as a character if i was to ask you two things as in like features what would you say and you're like, he killed his wife. I was like, yeah, that's what happened. No, but this is one. So there are there are many Buddhas. I'm one about Buddha the character. Are there many Buddhas? I think so. I thought it was just one Buddha. Because you're no, talking he about Gautama wife, Buddha, and then because yeah, you're you're talking about Gautama. He felt he felt so guilty <laughs> that he went to Nirvana. Not like a Nirvana concert. It wasn't like a massive Kurt Cobain. We know. Thing. All right. Okay. Just for those outside who wear Nirvana t-shirts but don't know any songs. Name three songs. Name three songs. Go on. Oh, don't. Name I three Nirvana um, songs. I used to work at the Academy in Birmingham and I used, as part of it, we'd flyer before gigs and you would see at the certain period there was like a horde of people with Ramones t-shirts. And I was like, hmm, are you a fan or is this for fashion? Um... So as we were giving out flyers, I'd target the people in the Ramones t-shirts and be like, hey, ho, and wait for them to finish it. And it's literally just like one of the most well-known Ramones songs. And people just look at me just blankly. And I was like, you don't even know Blitzkrieg Pop. Like, take that t-shirt off now. To be fair, though, if I was walking down the street and someone shouted, hey, ho, at me, I'd be a bit like... <laughs> no, because it's not just, hey, ho. <laughs> And it's what not down the street, say? it's as you're going into the venue. There's someone... Hey ho. hey, ho. Next line is... Let's go. Exactly. So we've already touched upon um, the white racist. Now let's talk about the white capitalist. because You're not even answering my questions. Issue. They are to blame for this issue because it's the likes of Primark and H&M and all these places that sell these band t-shirts. Tell them! For profit... I don't think any money goes to the bands. You know what? I'm going to edit that one because every now and then when I see them, I'm just like, ugh. And I'll look at the labels and there will be like an official band label. 
Like I remember once Primark was selling Rolling Stone t-shirts and they actually had Rolling Stone labels. And I was like, Fine. fair. Some, so Fine. sometimes they do. I'm not going to have us having sweeping generalizations for things we've not researched. <laughs> I'm just on one today. <laughs> I'm I going after the racist. I've gone after the capitalist. Who's Let's next? get them all. Sorry. Right. The, so what was the your thing question? that I was trying to get at with Buddha is that with most people, if you ask them to say two things that they know about Buddha or to describe him, killed they'll be like, wife. he's fat and he's got... <laughs> Never. Has he killed his wife. Two. He killed his wife. I'm pretty sure that's not it. Um, so he the one of the first things they go Obama. to Hi. is that Buddha's fat. Hi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a thing I get from my granddad. A fat little smiling um, lad. Yeah. Yeah, and Buddha was not fat. Was he not? No. In the culture, like, having a big belly is a sign of prosperity. But the yeah. whole, like, fat, laughing Buddha with a big, friendly belly is, like, wildly inaccurate. Um, and that picture is of, like, a 10th century folk person called Budai. Oh. And they've been confused right. over time. Because that's what you're supposed to do when you see a Buddha, right? You're supposed to stroke the belly. Um, some people in Asia, whether it's a Buddha or not, if you have a big belly, will come up and rub your belly for good luck. Well, I better get to Asia then. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to start charging. on a daily. <laughs> Five dollars a rub. Five dollars a rub, please. Oh, that sounded wrong again. Um, yeah, a little bit. If there's any religious students out there, People who actually know their things, particularly Buddhism, get in touch. We'd love to know, did Buddha kill his wife and then go to a Kurt Cobain concert? Let us know. <laughs> you got any more? Right. Of course I have. Great Wall of China, only human-made yeah. visible object that is visible from space. From outer space. Yeah? Yeah, I knew that. A lie. It's it's not oh, true. It? No. It's not visible. Or it's not the only it's thing. It's not visible. Um, oh. None of the Apollo astronauts reported seeing any specific human-made object from the moon. Even people who have like orbited oh, okay. have said they can barely, barely see it. City lights! You can see those at night. But no one's actually said that they can see the Great Wall of China. Not going to lie, mate. I bet you can see my head from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an, I've got a conquer up ahead, mate. Especially if you shine a light on it. Do you know, like, like oh, we can project Whoa, this. Oh, hang on. On your fod. Do you know when I was little? When were you little? When I was when I was when I was still living in Born. Spain. <coughs> when I was still living in Spain, in the little village that we lived in, whenever it got really really sunny, my mum told me to go stand up in the hill, and it would provide shade for the whole village. I love your mom. That's a big head joke. Big head. Did you get it or? I mean, you head butted me with it. Right, great. Okay. Any more facts? Mate, I've got tons. Come on, keep going then. You've got to go, mate. I have got to go. What happens when you cut earthworms in half? Um, you're a sadistic person. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is supposed to be. Are they supposed to like grow back or something? 
Well, you never told the thing when you were younger that if you cut an earthworm in half, that it turns into two earthworms. I was I was never taught to hurt animals. You weren't taught to do it, but it was definitely a thing that you, like everyone in school, was just like, oh yeah, earthworms. You cut them in half. It's just two earthworms. I'll tell you the kinds of things that I was taught as a child. Oh gosh! If you sneeze with your eyes open, your eye your eyes will pop out. I got told that one too. If if there's a fly on your nose and you go bog-eyed, you'll stay bog-eyed forever. But only if there's a fly on your nose. Only if there's a fly on your nose. If you open the fridge without socks on, you'll get an electric shock and die. Wait, what? These were things that I was told as a child. My little sister, as if she hasn't gone through enough, (laughs) was told up until the age of like 12 or something. In Spain, we have these men that are called the egg men that basically they come around your house and they deliver eggs my sister was told up until like she was 12 that that was her dad and that if she didn't eat her food (laughs) she was a really bad eater and if she didn't eat her food the egg man was going to take her away why as a family did you bully her this way no i don't look at me it's hard when your head's that big. I believed it. Right. <laughs> Any more facts? No need for that. I can't believe we're going to start. We're going to start a really friendly family podcast on that sour note. <laughs> of you calling me fat-headed. Um, I know what episode is coming, and you're saying it's family friendly. Yeah, lower your standards, kids. <laughs> <laughs> lower your standards for what's coming. Now, Rochelle, I want we we've obviously already established that you're a very descriptive person, and so I want you to literally just repeat the description of today's guest before we even read out the ten words or so. I want you to once again describe today's guest in the exact same way you just described it described him the way in which i actually described them was a grown-up version of the teletubby son if anyone knows the cartoon um like literally it, this person has one of the happiest faces and if i'm ever in a bad mood if they're smiling i'm like sorted done move on so are you on the reading do you want me to do it or are you doing it oh there's a lot of difficult words in this list i don't know how good my english is let me have a let me have a go right <laughs> Is this like SATs level six? Is that what this is? A reading assessment. <laughs> right. Let's, do you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Let's take one each. Okay. Are you going first? No, you can go first. <laughs> That's a hard <laughs> word, that first one. <laughs> okay, at least I know I can get through the first word. On today's guest, as ever, we have got an absolute treat for you. But this person is magnanimous. Enigmatic. Eclectic. A wanderer of wanderers. A spinner of tales. A master of spies. A renowned cider taster. A cheese connoisseur. A raconteur. And, last but not least, an impressionist extraordinaire. Those words weren't actually that difficult. I've they they weren't hard, we're just really bad at reading. Yeah. Please welcome Stephen Hansen. Yay! Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Hello there. When you say impressionist extraordinaire, yeah, are we talking impressionist as in you do impressions of people? 
yeah, I'm really good at painting. We were having this discussion. <laughs> no, I think I'm quite good at impressions of people. Okay. They're like famous Ooh. people. Go one on, of my best ones is mainly because I hate him so much. He's mocking Tom Hardy. Okay. Uh, because Ooh. he can't act. And people always say that he can act. Uh-huh. But he doesn't. He just mumbles and everything. Go back and watch anything he does and he just goes... <laughs> But, so when you then put a mug in front of you. So that was Bane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you think, oh, I'm going to talk like a 60-year-old man. Oh, I'm an old man. But then when I put a cup like this, I could go for Batman. Oh, your precious armory. Gratefully accepted. I don't know how well that's come across on the mic. <laughs> Probably just sounded like Rumble. But... Beautifully. Let's just say that. That was beautiful. My impression of Bane always sounds borderline racist. And so I'm glad that <laughs> I heard a good Bane impression. So I'm obviously going to ask you for your Bane impersonation. Nah, it's good. It's good. Let's just move on. <laughs> curious as to how you make Bane sound racist. Well, I'm just not very good at impressions, obviously. <laughs> I think we've already managed to establish on the podcast that we're actually really bad at accents and everything just sort of merges into one. But yeah. I think when we're not recording, I want to hear this racist Bane. Do you actually only do Bane? Yeah, I think I just do Bane now. <laughs> it's really good, to be fair. It's been a while since I've done anything. I could do Tom Hardy in another film. <laughs> so it's just Tom Hardy, basically. <laughs> Venom. <laughs> Yeah, perfect <laughs> one actor every role right we are obviously fans of food we've tried to hide it adrian tried to turn it into a film podcast failed cheese connoisseur mm-hmm. speak to me about cheese are you a fan of solid or melted all cheeses all oh. cheeses a preference um hmm. depends on what it's going with so i think i think cheese goes with everything and i I think you can always find a cheese. There's that much cheese variety that you could always find a cheese to go with stuff. So, like, at a very base level, baked beans with cheddar. Strong. You're not grating cheese into your beans. You've been doing it wrong and you should reevaluate every decision in your life to that point. But, like, what if I'm going to have some steak with some crusty bread? I want a good, stinky camembert. Put a couple. Oh, not a blue. No, I prefer. I'm not a fan of blue, but I know that for some people that is their cheese of choice with steak. Yeah, but like if you get a melted, a baked camembert and dip your steak into it like a weird fondue. That sounds really good, to be fair. I'm here for it. Also, brie with uh, bacon and caramelized onion chutney. Delicious. Just taking it back to beans on toast. Yeah. I appeared on another podcast a while ago. And they asked me about my childhood and growing up British and whatnot. And I mentioned beans on toast. And I mentioned that the way that my parents cooked beans on toast is they, they obviously they got the bread and they put, I heard this, they put the beans on top of the bread, cheese, a bit of Worcestershire sauce, right? And then they bake it in the oven. So it's beans just on the bread, not on toast, wasn't it? It was yeah. on the bread, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It fascinates me because I think, actually, yeah, I could get behind that because that's like a grilled cheese and bean. Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. And but the it's way... just on bread. No, 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 but it, it, it bakes the bread and so you've got like the, you've got like 
two consistencies. You've got a little bit of like the bean soaked bread with like the crunch of the toast as well. I so think I'm good. not understanding the plating because for me, the beans would be on all of the bread. Therefore, the bread would just be soggy and there wouldn't be the contrast. Like you wouldn't get the crunch. But I guess if you're being sparse with your beans, no, maybe. You, yeah, if you bake it long enough, it's fine. It's because, you know, when you make some toast and you put it straight onto a plate. Yeah. You get sweaty toast, so the undersides are all a bit soggy because the steam's gone down. I feel like if you're baking bread, there's no way for the steam to escape for it to crisp up. I guess that's why I don't understand it. Maybe I'll try Foil. it. It's still going to trap the steam. Foil doesn't breathe. Yeah, but do you not have, like, the grill tray? But then the beans are falling through the grill tray. <laughs> no, they're not, because there's bread in the way. How Right, I have a lot of beans. My ratio of beans to toast is maybe different to yours because otherwise I've got to then heat up other beans to pour on top of the baked beans. <gasps> baked, baked beans! Maybe that's why they do it. I want to see the bottom of Rochelle's oven. <laughs> <laughs> it's just full of like beans. <laughs> no, because I would never put them in. Oh, <laughs> Just oh. beans and stray chips. Never. Imagine me letting a chip go to waste. That would never happen. So um, we've um, we've come to the part of the show where we ask our guests to um, bring something in to disappoint Rochelle and I. <laughs> I've decided to change <laughs> to it judged. slightly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be Ready judged to be by judged. everyone who listens. However, just before we started recording, you actually told us about that you were feeling quite confident about the thing you've brought in, which makes me feel peace and joy. And today we have asked you to bring in the best battery powered object. I'm very excited about this. The floor is yours. You look so suspicious. Well, preface this with every Christmas, my dad likes to buy some sort of interactive battery powered toy for us so like we'll get them in sets like one year we had drones and that was weird like but there was star wars drones so like mine was i think mine was uh, a stormtrooper on a speeder bike um wow. and then, <laughs> that's cool like my brother-in-law got an, he had an x-wing and my dad had a tie fighter one and so we couldn't do it and i ended up ripping the curtains with that one so that one's not the best one um because it's too much of a danger hazard um then last year's was uh, laser tag. So he got us a laser tag set, uh, which lasted some of the day. But this is my pride and joy. So if you are a fan of Star Wars, wow. this is the evil BB-8. So this is BB-8, but it's remote control and it makes noises. And I literally spent hours playing with this it was even though it's meant to be like a jokey fun present <laughs> so me and my brother-in-law uh, were able to battle with these inflatable bb and bb9s and it made loads of noise and was like great it made loads of noise like what sorry there you go to check. that's another celebrity you can add to your uh, repertoire <laughs> I do Bane and I do BB9. <laughs> <laughs> Hire me now. I mean, I'll be at the next Comic-Con. 
<laughs> I absolutely love this. I really do. I've always admitted to being a closeted nerd. Um, and You're not in your closet. You're now just a nerd. Yeah, I am just a nerd now. I've admitted it. Um, but also the fact that it's like a family tradition between your dad and your brother-in-law, I think that's really, really cool. I think that's really sweet. And so it's... Do you know what? This is the first time since probably the gong episode one where I'm not completely disappointed. And so (laughs) you can have five points, mate. Absolutely. Definitely. And I'm sorry to all previous guests who Uh... brought something in. (laughs) But I was disappointed. (laughs) Rochelle? I'm going to say that I'm not on the level of Adrian where... He has been disappointed with everything since the gong because I do think we have had some actual top draw things that have been brought in. I think Adrian now just likes to say that he's been disappointed since the gong to make it seem like, woe is me. I'm still going to point out the fact that someone brought in a lightsaber dueling membership. Like, seriously? That's that's impressive. Yeah, that was pretty cool. The rest of you, I'm still slightly disappointed with. I was exaggerated. I am really sorry. That's fine. Um, don't forget, we had the Walshes with their dead plant. Um, yeah, you, in all fairness, you're right. Some people really have let the bar drop. And a bag of socks. Um, <laughs> we've, talk, anyway. we've spoken about that bag of socks more than we have most things, in all fairness. It's, it's an issue. Um, I was intrigued when you led with your confidence at the start. You then, like gave us little tasters with oh one year we got drones i was like drones is impressive enough and then it was like mine was a stormtrooper on a motorbike and i was like that's even more impressive and i was like wait this isn't his item yet and i'm not gonna like lie like i'm not disappointed like i'm impressed also it's not bb8 it's be like there's so many levels to it so i the harsh marker because adrian's now just on brand just continuing giving fives I'm going to give you a five. I think it's a deserved ten. I've been waiting for this moment since episode one with the gong. And I was like, I can, I can be that good. <laughs> Stephen, it really pains me to do this because, you know, we've spoken already about your Teletubby baby-like smile, <laughs> your warm, sunshininess. You've obviously just probably on a high right now because you've just got ten points. And so it pains me to tell you this, but basically the world is ending in 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> right, Jojo. <laughs> Actually, uh, that's I'm gonna, terrible. I'm going to repeat that again. Can you react as Bane would react? <laughs> get, get your mug out. <laughs> So, Bane, uh, (laughs) the world's ending in 24 hours, mate. I don't believe you. We both know I'm going to have to break, you know. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Our podcast, how it, like, still within its first six months, who knew we'd be getting Tom Hardy on? Who knew? I'm I'm still hoping for Idris Elba, to be fair. Lol, stop it. Okay. Um, Stephen, how does the uh, world end? 
So I'm, I've been into two minds about this, uh, but my two options are either Buffy the Vampire Slayer style Hellmouth opens yes! up um, and demons and monsters all come pouring out. My other one is there used to be a TV show and I can't remember what the TV show was called, but in it, they released this like massive electromagnetic pulse that knocked out the world's electrics. And so it was basically like a hard reset on civilization and everybody had to go back to like living off the land, doing manual labor. And I kind of thought it would be the last day on earth as we know it, but it would be the start of something new. Uh, And I think I find that quite, I quite like that kind of hard reset because I I sometimes get annoyed that money is just like a make-believe number. Like it really isn't like like a a genuine thing. So that bothers me. We've never had anyone find a loophole on how to continue living after the day's ended. So that's cool. Mm. Um, As someone... Steve, as I know you. Yeah. The last day on Earth, hard reset. Yeah. Is that just an excuse for you to become a blacksmith? 100%. (laughs) (laughs) So, for the listeners and Adrian, I have always wanted to be a blacksmith. Like, I've got a real obsession with wanting to do it. But if I wanted to do it, I would have to relocate down to, like... Herefordshire to go and do it at a at an art college um, to do metal work. Um, you need to already have a portfolio. Do you think I can find a blacksmith to teach me so that I can build a portfolio? No. YouTube, mate. Yeah, but I don't have the facilities. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> I don't have the facilities. I, I don't think I'd like... get away with building a workshop in the terrace garden. <laughs> that'd be amazing that would be even more impressive though if you were able to like make a huge massive sword and you can say i made this in my garden you know in the middle of stratford (laughs) (laughs) yeah my neighbor no longer has a fence but hey i have a sword (laughs) so (laughs) who cares really the lampposts don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the cars dark, on your street dark. are just like destroyed completely. No tires or anything. Panels. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Imagine that. No street lights at night. Just the darkest corner of Manchester. Just because you've got this massive furnace. You're just making random swords in your back garden. Just, yeah, just sheer darkness. And all you can hear is the clang of metal on metal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like standard Manchester, to be fair. But then you can like bestow upon yourself like the title of like protector of the street, and you just roam the street with your massive sword. Mm. I love the fact you said give yourself a title, and I was like Lord of the Dance. I was like, that's not linked to <laughs> being a blacksmith. Lord of the Sword Dance. Lord of the Sword is not okay. <laughs> Lord of the Sword. <laughs> is that? Is that a? Let's just not. In your end? Okay. Love <laughs> <laughs> of the sword. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, <laughs> let's, go let's, go. let's go with that. That's the end of the world. We're like we, we've, we've definitely lynched onto this one. Okay. I mean, yeah, we're going to have to go with you. your dream of becoming a blacksmith, becoming a reality. 
Yeah. As much as Rochelle would love the uh, the Buffy hellhole to open up, I think. Uh, hellmouth. Hellmouth. Hellmouth, sorry. You're um, I do think that um, <laughs> you bestowing upon yourself Lord <laughs> of the Sword <laughs> is uh, is more important in this circumstance. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, where are you when you hear that the world is ending? Stratford, mate. We've already yeah. talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> Stratford end taking out the, uh, <laughs> the supports. Yeah, it, it would be Stratford. <laughs> There's no two ways about it. Oh, We've got a very active love. Facebook group for our road, so it probably would be <laughs> somebody on that. Oh, no, we wouldn't be able to because there wouldn't be any internet. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's true. That's an interesting one. How do you find out then? Well, I mean, presumably all of the electricity has gone off. Yeah, but what? why do you then know that it's the end of the world? as you know it, as opposed to, oh, look, there's a power out. Well, I probably would just think that the power was out for a few days. Uh, oh. You know, until if there was somebody in charge, which there probably wouldn't be, and the streets descend into lawlessness. Uh, and so a vigilante group of neighbours have to take up arms to protect the rest of us. Uh, oh, and they all come to you as Lord of the Sword. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> How we I ended up so here, much. I do not know. thought so much and so many times about finally being on this podcast. And I did not <laughs> expect the Lord of the Sword. <laughs> We've just become the crux of it. Oh, man. Uh, I think we need to probably um, just... Add a limit of how many more times we can say that phrase <laughs> before the end of the show, because <laughs> otherwise it's going to be hard to get through it. Um, <clears throat> right, so Stephen, we've uh, we've actually gathered uh, your street, you know, the street that you protect, um, and these people they want to know quite a few things uh, about you, um, five things specifically. Um, and um, they want to know how you would uh, basically do on your last day on Earth as we know it today. And the first thing that they want to know is what breakfast, bear in mind you still have electricity, so what breakfast would you have to set you up for your last day? Um, it would have to be hotel buffet-style breakfast. So, you know, you can kind of pick and choose. I'll get, you know, I'll even try grilling some beans and cheese on toast with Worcestershire sauce get me some protein and carbs for the day exactly I want some extra bacon but I'll also want some Tasty. cereal love cereal love a bit of fruit in the morning muffins muffins like and I don't mean like English muffin type muffin I mean like a blueberry muffin underrated for breakfast love it with a coffee don't I mess. love a blueberry muffin and then as well if you've got that <laughs> hotel buffet you can just load up on stuff for the road Ah, oh, the forethought. You want some pocket bacon? Done. <laughs> There's 20 rashers. I'll keep you going for a few days. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you've got to, you, you'd want to stage it as well. You know? yeah. Use fruit somewhere in the middle bit so it's like a bit of a fresh palate cleanse. Yeah. And you can go back in on the... Ah, oh, I always start with fruit. Really? No, you start with cereal, yeah. surely. 
Have you like, cereal? wake my mouth up with a bit of fruit. <laughs> yeah. What is your cereal of choice? Because I always find that is the thing that is lacking. Cereal? Um, yeah. Cereal's most... like, it's always like muesli and then budget Rice Krispies and Cocoa Pops. And then no, it's, yeah, it's always yeah. just cornflakes. It has to be like the most child, child friend, the most childlike cereal for me. Like the sugary, the most sugary one. Cookie crisps? Cookie, Cookie crisps crisp. or, you know, like the, the, the chocolate shells. Do you know those ones? No. They're like hard, hard little shells. Is it like a, like, it looks like a, like a quaver, but chocolate and tiny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's like, I think that's like a very European cereal. Like that's an on cereal. I always forget you lived in Amsterdam with your continental cereals. What place would you be happy to see the back of? We've already heard that you're slowly destroying Stratford as you're removing all of the iron. So there's no lampposts. There's no Stratford end. There's like well, hardly that to anything from any garden gates. Fortify the neighbourhood as well as make weapons. You know, blacksmithing isn't all about weaponry. Uh, <laughs> you might want to make some really nice wrought iron gates. Ah. Uh, to stop everyone else getting into Stratford, right? Um, as as you will well know, Rochelle, there is there are two areas of Greater Manchester that uh, I lived in, and well, not lived in, but worked in and loathed in full measure. Um, and that's uh, apologies for anybody listening that lives in these areas. Oldham and Rochdale, my God, my God, what a depressing hole of a place. Either one of them. Um, Probably Rochdale would be the one that, you know, if we'd gone with the Buffy option, that's where the Hellmouth would have opened. Uh, <laughs> Rochdale. I think it's already open in Rochdale. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. Um, so, you know, that's probably where I... Uh, because by the by this point, if we've, if we've ripped down all of the lampposts and start making fortifications, my my kingdom of neighbourhood do-gooders, uh, I think we'd be mounted at this point. We'd have some horses. Because cars are dead, um, so we're all mounted on horses. I think we would wage a war on Rochdale, um, and then just burn it to the ground. Solely based on the fact that you work there and you didn't like it. Yeah, it's just horrible. It's horrible, <laughs> horrible place. Like it is where dreams go to die. Oh dear. Again, apologies to any, yeah. any listeners who uh, currently reside or have family who reside there. Oh. I'm sure there's something we can do about it. So I love the fact that of all the places in the world that you could have mm. said that you were happy to see the back yeah. of, like Guantanamo Bay, Alderman Rochdale. Yeah, but I've never been to Guantanamo Bay. so You can still be happy to see the end of it. Oh, see, that opens... No, it's still Rochdale. It doesn't. It's still Rochdale. Curse city. Um, is it even a city? Is town? It's a borough. Town, isn't it? Um, which board game do you think has prepared you most for your last day on Earth, and why? Zombicide or Massive Darkness. Really good games. They are both. I mean, Zombicide's very much zombie survival. Uh, they have a medieval version and a modern day version that you can play. But I think they've also done a Wild West version. Um, 
which is great. But we don't have zombies. But what that did teach me is to always search and loot the room because you <laughs> always find stuff that you can use in every room. Um, so, you know, you've got to loot and search. Search and loot. Pandemic. It's uh, many, many forms. Um, you've always got to have a medic with you. Find somebody who is is a good medic. Um, that's vital. And then dead of winter, um, which is, again, it's another zombie survival one, but it's also about being in the harsh, desolate, frozen wastelands. Um, and you've got to kind of manage the resources for your survivor colony. Uh, and so I think that would be a good level of sort of survivor management. I have a really basic mind, I think, because I don't think I've a, I've heard of any of those games. I was thinking like Cluedo. <laughs> I mean, Cluedo teaches you how somebody can die with an ordinary everyday object. <laughs> so, you know, render myself useless <laughs> as a weapon making blacksmith because all that <laughs> candlestick and some rope you could make the candlesticks though really really heavy really ones heavy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> made out of lamp um yeah <laughs> um i've heard of some of them but at the same time i don't know why especially when some of the called like the zombicide and pandemic i wouldn't have thought of them because literally my head yeah. goes monopoly like how to contain your anger, to plan it out, to keep going on a route, to hate everyone, always suspect the banker, That's like never trust the rich. Yeah. You can learn so many things. Is there someone in particular that you would want to speak to on your last day? So if it was a ghost phone or some way of conversing with somebody in the past, Nikola Tesla, like, so I, the other day I was reading... Uh, an article that they were looking at one of his inventions. So he's a, a um, so Nikola Tesla is obviously a, an inventor. He did lots of experiments with uh, mm -hmm. his Tesla coils, and it was around electricity, enhancing electricity, and and kind of consist like everlasting energy sort of stuff. Um, that got shut down. There are always the theories around that that got shut down in favour of things like coal and oil um, because people can make a profit off that but his designs would kind of negate money making um, so there's a bit of a thread going here with just I hate money um, but so they, they found one of his inventions and scientists were like oh we think this is what this invention was for so this is a guy that is smarter than modern day scientists but like over a hundred years ago. So I'd be like, tell me everything. Tell me like, what, what were these inventions for? What were you trying to achieve? Did you get kind of, you know, stopped by big coal and oil? Um, I'd be my dead person that I'd want to speak to. I like that. I like that you opted for a ghost phone and not a Ouija board. <laughs> Yeah, we... I mean, that, that could have been an answer for the previous question, too. What board game has prepared you? A Ouija you for... board. A Ouija board. Is that a board game? Dead people. That's not a board game, is it? 
I mean, it was it was originally released, I think, as a board game by Hasbro. Right. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, like, uh, they kind of. I mean, I don't. It probably. Well, they made a board game version of Ouija boards. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's why it got so big. It was because Hasbro made a kids' game of it, and so like, yeah, it was. It was like a legitimate game. That's dark, isn't it? It's like. In the 90s, there was the sleepover phone with the girls that would be like, oh, you can dial this number. It'll ask a question. Hasbro were like, I'll raise it. Here's a Ouija board. <laughs> That's mental, isn't it? It's like if The Sims brought out like a, a genocide edition or something. It's like, <laughs> what the heck, man? Nuts. Yeah, Ouija is a trademark of Hasbro. For real? Wow. Yeah. Right. Going Toys R Us after this. <laughs> <laughs> My Saturday just got excellent. <laughs> Gosh. But that, Come on then, so who yeah. living? So living, uh, it would be Mark Hamill. Uh, nice. The guy who played Luke Skywalker, he voiced the Joker amongst many other roles. But I kind of think those are two of his pretty good ones. Um, I didn't realise he voiced the Joker. Oh, Mark Hamill's done so many like voice overs. Um, like huh. he's, he is phenomenal. Um, but he, if you remember the um, Batman the Animated Series, which I think is for many around our age, probably like the quintessential Batman thing, other than George Clooney with rubber nipples. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Both great. Well, <clears throat> not only at this well at this podcast we like to make people's dreams come true, <laughs> and so not only are you going to get to meet Mark Hamill, you you have the potential to maybe work side by side because they're going to reboot the Batman TV show, right? Yeah, and they want to cast you as Bane. However. <laughs> There's a <laughs> there's a dark horse in the racing as well. It's Katy Perry. No, it's me. I'm <laughs> I'm the other potential um, Bane character. So Rochelle is the uh, casting director, and we'll both give so Rochelle a line, and Rochelle will decide who will star alongside Mark Hamill as Bane. <clears throat> Excellent audition. Number one for the role of Bane. Oh, yes. Your precious armory. Gratefully accepted. Oh, that was, that was pretty good. That was, I, I applaud you. That was, that was good. Mm. That was strong. I will reserve judgment. Auditionee number two for the role of Bane. Please proceed. Oh, you think darkness is your ally? That's it. Um, both were strong. <laughs> both were, both were very strong. Um, one sounded like a bane I've heard before. One sounded I don't know how to explain, like Zazu from The Lion King doing a bane impression. Stephen um, Hansen, yeah. congratulations! Oh wait, oh okay. You have been cast. That's not how I uh, imagined this going. That's well, what I'm going to say is if there is 
a Lion King reenactment of, <laughs> but like you're you're in Zazu it's Bane. You, it's funny you say that because a lot of people have said that I look a little bit like Rowan Atkinson. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not. I don't think it is. <clears throat> Stephen, is there a song or an album that makes you feel safe or calms you down? Um, yes. I would say that there is a song. I don't really... I'm I'm very relaxed generally, so I don't need one to, to calm me down. Um, mm-hmm. But I do quite like to put some songs on when I want to sleep, uh, which is also the title of the song, Sleep by The Smiths. Uh, I find it a really... Relaxing. I quite like the Smiths. Hate Morrissey. He's <laughs> an awful person. Um, but his music in the Smiths, sublime. Uh, and I find majority of it quite relaxing. Mm. Um, I, I just quite like the the piano melody in Sleep. It's quite unfortunate that that tends to be the general consensus around the Smiths. Love the Smiths. Mm. Hate Morrissey. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. turned into a Brexit-loving moron in his later years. I'm quite right-wing as well now, which is ironic considering, like, the Smiths were seen as a very yeah. left band. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Rochelle's not saying much. Obviously, we all know about Rochelle's uh, right-wing agenda. <laughs> I'm not going to mention <laughs> You know what? What's funny is if I don't deny it and I don't confirm it, then people can just come to their own conclusions. But I'm pretty sure people know me well enough to know exactly where I stand. Massive racist. <laughs> <laughs> Worst human of all time. Um, hey. You've been really great, Stephen. You've been a really great guest. Uh been all I ever wanted and more. We're happy that we could come through, get you on. Now, we did get some news that when all of the electricity was turned off, um, it had some sort of like neurotic effect on people's brains and some people turned into zombies. Now, obviously, you are Lord of the Sword, <laughs> yeah try and say that with a straight face um, you are lord of the sword protector of Stratford hater of Rochdale <laughs> these are all uh, self appointed titles by the way <laughs> and so we're going we're gonna to ask you a few questions to determine whether or not you could actually survive a zombie apocalypse so the first question we want to ask you is, would you travel alone? Um, no, but I'd keep the group small. Mm. Interesting. Um, well, here's a question then. How many people <laughs> would you have on your survival team? Four, five, six, seven, nine, or ten or more? So I think but I think you'd have your survivor's compound, right? Mm-hmm. But then you would need to have, like, travelling parties. So when you're saying, would you travel alone? Well, no, because you, you, you'd want at least one person to watch your back. Like, you can't you already said you need a medic. Exactly. 
So I think, you know, traveling, if your second is not a medic, you want a medic. So that's three, like myself plus two, uh, maybe even a fourth one just for like long range. Um, then, you know, think about like, how are you going to, how are you going to deal with these zombies? What if it's a horde? What if it's just a couple of stragglers? Fine. Are we talking like, how are the zombies? Are they 28 days later? Are they army of the dead where you've got like shamblers, which are just kind of shamblers. old school. Have you seen army of the dead? It's yeah, so, no, I haven't. so good. And then you've got those alphas. I probably so wouldn't be able to deal with the alphas. I'm not going to lie. They would kill me. Yeah. Let's say, let's say walking dead just to keep it kind of neutral. Nice. <laughs> neutral zombies. <laughs> just plain old neutral zombies. They're like classic zombies. Yeah. Okay. Slow moving. But like not World War Z zombies. Right. World War Z just uh, They're just cold zombies. I'd, I'd, I'd kill myself in World War Z because <laughs> like if they can like climb on top of each other in a shambling mound. Uh, but we're getting yeah. off the point here. Um how many people <laughs> Would I have, I'd say, a traveling party of about three to four uh, in your compound? It's just whatever is survivable in terms of your food. Um, you know, don't want to have too many people food because then fights break out. Hmm. So I think in your survival team, what you're saying is four. I'd, I'd say four is a good number. One of them must be a medic. Would BB9 okay. be part of that team? I actually think he'd be really useful as like a distraction. Yeah. Like I could drive him in a direction away from me mm -hmm. to catch the attention of zombies. And they'd be like, <laughs> and they'd move over towards that because it's making a noise and moving. And then. Sorry, the I zombies would go... do what? Sorry. <laughs> Just wanted to check. Thank you. Interesting you should say that because we actually have another audition. <laughs> <laughs> For zombie number five <laughs> in an up in an upcoming TV. No, never mind. We already know the answer to this next question, but we're going to ask it anyway. Um, in case you, you want might to change surprise your mind. us, who knows? I mean, you already have a title attached to this uh, uh, to this weapon, and so hopefully you don't change it. Um, but would you choose a shotgun, a sword, a chainsaw, or a bow and arrow? It would be, I mean, I'd, I'd want to try and fuse some of those together. So, like, have a sword mounted on my shotgun so that, like, I can be like, boom, but then spin around and <laughs> some zombie heads off. Hold of the shotgun sword. <laughs> like, come on, it's, if it's the apocalypse, let's have some fun. <laughs> I'm so done. Do you know what we can? Do, we can do a mixture of all the, those four weapons, just for you. But because it's Buzzfeed, I'm just going to click sword. Okay. Yeah, go with sword. Because you are Lord of the Sword, so sword. Okay. <laughs> right, we're getting deep. Yeah, this is a hard question, actually. Right? Would you? Sacrifice someone else in order to survive. Oh. I, see, this is why I don't like BuzzFeed quizzes because you lack 
context. Like, who is this person I'm willing to sacrifice? It's someone in your survival party. So it's one of your core four. One of my core four. They're probably not. I would sacrifice myself for them. That's why they're your core four. Yeah, so it's basically you, Mark Hamill, BB9, and the medic. Who is he's just like a a standard standard medic. Well, I mean, sacrifice BB9 because it's an inflatable remote control (laughs) noise. Like is that all he is to you, though? This is going to turn into an episode of Jerry Springer, isn't it? (laughs) I thought you were my friend. I mean, over between myself, the medic, and Mark Hamill, I would sacrifice BB9. If it was just the medic and Mark Hamill, I would sacrifice myself. Because Mark's great, and the medic can help him live longer to be great for more people. Okay. Don't forget, you also have Bane inside of you. (laughs) Sounds painful. Like he's very tall. Sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. This is a fun podcast, right? Michelle. I just meant he was really tall. Michelle. And for those that don't know, Stephen's relatively short. So now he's to got this podcast. <laughs> he's hunched over. Stop it. Stop. Yeesh. I've got Stitch. Pick an abandoned building to be your hideout. A local mall. So you've got Stratford Arndale. Hospital. A house. Or a gas station. I'm sorry, there is not a Tesco as an option. I think I think hospital. Like, malls would be a good one, but I think more people would go to a, to a mall initially rather than a hospital. I find hospitals really creepy. It, like, it's more just that you can like that you can block doors, you can get up to the roof. Mm. Actually, no, it's all magnetic locks, isn't it? So if the electricity went out, they'd all just be locked forever, unless you got some magnets and started rubbing them on the other side. But they could be elect- if they're electromagnetic and the electricity goes. I don't know why I struggle to say electricity. Um, Surely all the magnets would be demagnetized. Well, it's a good thing you talked to Nikola Tesla five minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Ayo, Nick, can you help me with this? As disappointed as I may be with your results, I think the description is really accurate. Stephen Hansen, Lord of the Sword. You won't survive the apocalypse because you're too kind-hearted and soft for such a cruel world which I also think is actually very accurate. Well, other people survive and that's what matters. This has been an absolute pleasure. It's been so fun. Lord of the Sword, it's been great to be in your presence. (laughs) We'll bow down. Goodness. At this point, is there anything that you would like to plug? Is there anything you would like to share with the people that listen? Other than don't go to Rochdale. (laughs) Or Oldham, apparently. (laughs) Or Oldham. Be kind to others. Like, just, <laughs> just as much as you can think money doesn't exist. Because as soon as everybody realizes it, 
The rich people are no longer rich. They are poor because they have nothing, but we have each other. I think that's a nice place to end on. Yay. Oh, I'm going to go out and tell everyone that they're poor now. Please don't forget to subscribe, give us a lovely review and a five-star rating. If you would like to get in touch with us, email us at lastdaypod.gmail.com or follow us on the socials at lastdaypod. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you.